What's up, everyone, and welcome into the fourth episode of Michi Gang Sports. I hope that you guys are all doing well, and I'm excited. It's Thursday afternoon. I'm ready for Thursday night football. I'm ready for this weekend. It'll be action-packed with sports, just like it was this past weekend for MSU and Michigan. On this episode, we will be talking about MSU football, Michigan football, MSU basketball, Michigan basketball. We will also be talking a little bit about Hope Sports making the NCAA tournament. We will be um, talking a little bit about GVSU and Ferris. Uh, Not a whole ton, but a little bit about football for GVSU and Ferris. We will also be talking about rumors that just came out about Coach Tucker and really exciting rumors. And so we'll be talking about that. We will also be talking about the college football playoff. Is four teams enough or should it be expanded? And in my opinion, if it should be expanded, what should it be expanded to? And that is all going to happen on this episode of Michigan Sports. The first three episodes of this podcast has been a very, very good and optimistic podcast about MSU. That's just because MSU was 8-0. It just had come off. A win against Michigan. But this past weekend against Purdue, there wasn't very there wasn't very many positives to take away from MSU football, or at least the defense on its own. When I thought MSU's secondary was bad. Saturday made it even worse. I didn't think MSU's secondary could get much worse than they did against Michigan and other teams. But it was bad. It was so bad. They um gave up over 500 passing yards to Purdue. And I'm not saying that Purdue has a bad quarterback because they don't. They have a very good to solid quarterback. And they really did a good job at exploiting our secondary. Aiden O'Connell, a QB for Purdue, went 4 for 54, five for 536 yards and three touchdowns. That's just insane against any team. If you have a quarterback that throws for 536 yards in a game, either you should win that game or your or your actual defense is worse than the other defense. And that was not the case this game. This game, he just went off and it really helped out that he had a top wide receiver in the Big Ten in David Bell. David Bell absolutely shredded that defense. He he had 11 catches for 217 yards. He almost had half 
of the passing of Aiden O'Connell's passing yards. Yes, he didn't have, like I said, the half, but he just played extremely well. And whatever MSU could do, they tried, and it couldn't stop them at all. Like, Purdue honestly deserved that game. There's no reason why MSU sure won that game. The defense was horrible. The offense was decent. I was decently happy with the offense. I thought that the offense performed as well as it could. One thing I would have definitely changed or would have loved to see is giving Kenneth Walker the ball more. Like, I think he had almost 20 carries in the first half. And he ended up with 22 carries for about 150 yards rushing. Now, that's not going to hurt his Heisman candidacy. I think if he does that throughout the rest of these games, I think he's going to be in New York. I think he should be in New York. I think he's going to need a couple more Michigan games to have a chance to win it. I think right now he's probably either the favorite or the second favorite right now. Um, I know Vegas has Walker as the second favorite and has Bama's QB number one, which doesn't necessarily surprise me at all. But um, Walker can average about 150, 200 yards, and they win, and MSU wins the next, wins two of the next three games. He just balls out the rest of these games, which I think will be difficult. I think he should ball out against Maryland. I think he should ball out against, especially against Penn State, because Penn State just let Illinois just pound him. Like, absolutely pound him. The only worry about is Ohio State. Ohio State, early on in the year, their defense struggled. They couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't stop the run. They kind of surprised me, but ever since then, Ohio State's front seven has been an absolutely beast. Like, they've stopped everyone. And you could say that about Michigan. And Kenneth Walker went over 200 yards on Michigan. Now, I'm not saying that will happen against Ohio State. I think that needs to happen if MSU wants a chance to beat Ohio State. I think MSU's going to have to go toe-for-toe. I think MSU's going to have to put up 30... 30-plus points against Ohio State to even have a chance against them. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because we still have, MSU still has Maryland. MSU is currently a 13-point favorite against Maryland. I feel a lot more comfortable with this game than I did Purdue. I don't know what is up with Purdue, but... Every time Purdue is unranked and they play a top five team, it always seems like they win. And you gotta give credit to Purdue for that. Like Purdue deserved that. Like they always it always seems like they outplay their opponents at the biggest stage when they're not ranked. So it wouldn't honestly surprise me if Purdue made it really close against Ohio State or maybe even knocked off Ohio State. Like, if you're an Ohio State fan listening to this and you watch Ohio State, I would be a little worried. Now, I'm not saying 
oh say oh we're going Ohio State's going to lose. I don't think that's the case, but Purdue has the number on top five teams. They've beat two top five teams this year, number two Iowa, and number three MSU. If Purdue could play like they did against top five teams for the whole year, they would be a top five team themselves. Now I don't know why Purdue doesn't play like that. Like Purdue lost to Notre Dame. Okay, that's understandable. They were twelve. But Purdue lost to Minnesota, which currently is a decent team. Minnesota is six and three, but you can't really tell me after beating Iowa and after beating Purdue that Purdue shouldn't have beaten Minnesota. Minnesota didn't have their main running back then. They didn't have their really good running back and I don't know why. This is just something I've always wondered why Purdue has done it, but this is something that Coach Tucker talked about. He talked about how Purdue is a team that historically has been top teams, and it's true. I think they have 16, 17 wins against top five teams when they're not ranked, which is absolutely insane. That's just insane. Insane and they knocked off MSU and MSU has to rebound against Maryland this week, which I think they will. I am a little nervous, especially for Tungavailoa, um, uh, Talia Tungavailoa. He's either really good or he's really bad in a game. Like there's no there's no way of putting it. Like either. He throws, like, for five touchdowns and, like, maybe one interception. Or he ends up throwing for, like, four or five interceptions and, like, one touchdown. Like, there's no in-between with him. Yes, he's been a little bit better as of recent. But he does like to tend to throw interceptions. Now, one thing I'm worried about is that even if he does like to throw interceptions... If your secondary is not very good, I don't even know if we would get an interception, even if he threw it. Threw one that was close to an interception. Now, they probably would. I would hope so. And this is where I kind of take Tucker's word. And he said he's going to fix it. They're going to make changes. And if they want to have any chance against Ohio State, against Penn State, they're going to have to make those changes. They're going to have to make the secondary much improved. Now, I'm not saying they need to turn the secondary into a 2013 defense with the no-fly no zone, which is not going to happen. But I think I'm sure need to go away from the bend-don't-break defense. It's worked decently well until it got Purdue. Purdue showed that they can break it. And once you show a team, once a team shows that they can break your defense, guess what? Other teams are going to see that feeling like, hey, we're going to do this as well. So I really hope that Tucker and his coaching staff, especially Hazleton, really starts to learn and maybe even changes the defense. Like, I don't necessarily love 
MSU's defense, like MSU's formation. I really don't. I think it's putting way too many defensive backs on the field. And I don't think we have the guys right now to do that. I don't think we have, we're healthy enough, and I don't think we have the guys that can cover long enough where a pass rush of four won't get to them. Now, I'm not saying these guys aren't great athletes. These guys are great athletes. They're D1 athletes, and honestly, I look up to a lot of those guys. Like, I cheer for a lot of those guys. I want what's best for them. I want what's best for Michigan State. But at the same time, you have to kind of realize that, hey, you know what? This is not working. And as a State fan, the defense isn't working. Like, if you look in the past... Two games, MSU has given up a combined of 73 points in the past two games. Now, MSU itself has 62 points. It just shows that their offense can score, but imagine if this defense could get stops. Like, if you're MSU and you're Mel Tucker, all you have to do is get off the field on third down. MSU hasn't been able to do that all year. If they could get off the field on third down and stop like penalizing themselves or just, like I said, just get off the field, guess what? That score would be much lower than it is. Like, I've been watching MSU for the last few weeks, and even on third and 15, I'm nervous. Like, if you asked me last year or even a couple years ago, if MSU's defense was 30 and 15, how many times would they convert? I would say maybe 1 out of 10. Maybe even less than that. Now, if you ask me, I think they convert 30, 40% of the time, which is not good at all. Now, that's probably pretty biased as a fan, but I just don't see MSU getting those big stops, those stops that they need to. And it never seems like... We rush the passer. Now, I understand if we rush the passer, we have a chance of getting burnt deep. And I understand that. But we're getting burnt anyways. At least we're not getting burnt deep, but we're getting burnt with these dump-down passes, which makes the other team just drive the field on us. And while, yes, you might get a stop there, especially in the red zone... In my opinion, I'd rather take a chance of our guys going one-on-one and getting past Willie Burnt. Because guess what? If you get that if you get that pass rush home fast enough, even if he's burnt, that quarterback won't have time to throw it. Now, I'm not saying blitz on every single down because you can't do that. They would just start picking it up and then would have real issues. But I would love to see more than five, four or five people blitz more than probably a handful of times. Like, I remember when Pat Narduzzi was a head coach. No, defensive coach, defensive coordinator for MSU. It seemed like every time there was a big third down, third down long, what's Pat Narduzzi doing? He's sending the house. That's exactly what Michigan coaches do. That's what the Michigan defense coordinator does. He literally lines up everyone except for the secondary. He's like, okay, you have this long to throw. 
guess what? Those guys are going to get through, and that quarterback's going to have to throw. He's going to have to make a decision real quick, and a lot of the times, it leads to an incomplete pass. Now, not every time it'll lead to an incomplete pass, but at least it's better than sending forward people and making those people take on five linemen, maybe even a six with a running back, and making the li- making the secondary for being forced to cover for four, five, six seconds. If a secondary is covering for that long, no secondary in the country, except for maybe Georgia, um, could cover for that long. You're asking secondary. You're asking the secondary to cover a guy for so long to not get open. To do that all game is incredibly hard. And it's something that I miss from MSU. It's some reason why I miss the no-fly zone. It always seemed like no matter how long they would cover, barely people would get open. And MSU doesn't have that no-fly zone yet. And I hope they eventually get that again. I hope they finally get that great defense like we used to have. Like, it always seemed like MSU had that amazing defense, that defense that could get stops when they needed to, but we didn't have that explosive offense. We didn't have the offense that we needed to to compete against teams that had really great defenses. This year's the opposite. We have that offense. Imagine this offense right now with that 2013 defense. That's a national championship team, no doubt. Like, no, absolutely no doubt in my mind. Now, I would definitely change a little bit. I would definitely take the 2013 offensive line a lot more than this offensive line. But if you take certain pieces, like let's say let's plug Kenneth Walker in there, let's plug Thorne in there, let's plug Jaden Reed in there. And yes, I know you can't do that, but let's just say hypothetically you do that. That's a national championship team, in my opinion. Yes, some people might be crazy, but look at how far MSU got. MSU was a game away from beating Notre Dame to being in that national championship. And what caused MSU to lose to Notre Dame? We had a horrible QB play. Like We didn't have a good offense. Andrew Maxwell was the QB. We literally had to put in Connor Cook at the end, and he almost led us back to victory. Just imagine what this type of offense would have done back then. Now, I know I can't be hypothetical, but it's just nice to think about, like, if we would have had it back then. Let's move on to Michigan football. They looked really good this weekend. They looked really, really good against Indiana. I be- it was like twenty seven to nine, I believe it was for Michigan. Yeah, tw- no, twenty nine seven for Michigan this weekend. Haskins end up going for one sixty eight with one touchdown. Cade McNamara was ten for eighteen for one sixty eight with two touchdowns, which doesn't surprise me. I think he's back to being more of a game manager, which isn't an issue for Michigan, especially in those big games. Yeah, they looked really good. Their defense stopped Indiana. 
their offense got rolling. One thing that I don't know is how bad is um Corum did end up getting hurt. I don't know his his injury, like how bad it is, but Michigan's gonna be fine with Haskins. Haskins is a very good running back. If Corum can't go, you have Haskins, which is about yeah, he's two twenty. And he has 829 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns this year. Haskins is good enough to be able to carry that offense. Now, if you're Michigan, you're coming off a good win at Indiana that you outplayed Indiana. Oh, no, sorry, at Michigan. Yeah, you outplayed Indiana. But, again, we have a question. Can Michigan beat Penn State at Penn State? And a new game on Saturday. Will that happen? Michigan is currently a one-and-a-half point favorite against Penn State, which doesn't surprise me. But in my opinion, this is one of those big games. Harbaugh has to win this game. If you're a Michigan fan and Harbaugh loses this game against Penn State, what's your reaction? Michigan still has a chance to go to the Big Ten Championship game. There's three teams that have a chance. It's Michigan, MSU, and Ohio State. If Michigan wins out and MSU loses once, Michigan goes. Ohio State wins out, Ohio State goes. If MSU wins out, MSU wins, goes. Michigan's all three, other than Michigan, Ohio State and Penn State, no, Ohio State, MSU control their own destiny. Michigan does need a little help, which it just means that basically MSU loses to Ohio State, which I can definitely see happening. But if you're Michigan, it's all starts Saturday. You have to win. You have. It's a must win game. From now on. For Harbaugh. If you do not. Beat. Penn State. You're not going. You're not going. To. Indianapolis. I'll just say that. If you cannot beat Penn State. You're not being Ohio State. And that's just the, the truth. And same thing with MSU. If MSU loses to Ohio State, I think they can still beat Penn State. But then you're... Then basically Ohio State's going. So if you're Michigan and you're Jim Harbaugh, you're going to want to get up early. You want to put pressure on Clifford. And one way to do that is stopping Dotson. Dotson is Penn State's best wide receiver by far. You can argue he's one of the best wide receivers in the country. He's just absolutely bowled out this year. And when teams get in trouble is when you go off. If you're Michigan, you're putting your best corner on Dotson. Or you're putting your best safety on Dotson. If it's Dotson versus Dax Hill, 
Jackson Hill. If you're Michigan, you've got to feel pretty good. Now, I don't know what Dodson would do, but Dodson Hill is a very good safety. is a very good secondary. And I think he'll do a good job at Dodson. It all depends on if Michigan can hold Penn State. If Michigan's defense can hold Penn State and Michigan can run the ball, which I fully expect Michigan to be able to run the ball on Penn State unless Penn State has fixed its front seven, I think Michigan wins this game. If Michigan cannot stop Penn State's offense, which has been an issue for Harbaugh, then I think it's going to be a Penn State win. I think if this was a night game for Penn State, I would book Penn State instantly. If it's a wideout for Penn State against Michigan, I think it's Penn State all day. Now, at a noon game? Not exactly sure. Uh, this is going to be a very, very good game. I think it's a game that, if you're an MSU fan, you should watch. You should watch and see what Michigan does to Penn State. Because if you're an MSU fan, your your game's not until 4. Mich- that, game, that Michigan game will be over by the time MSU starts. So you really want to start paying attention to Michigan, Penn State. And I think it's going to be a classic. I think it's going to be a game that is going to come down to the wire. I don't know who will win, but depending on what happens, it could really harm a team. Like if you're Penn State, you're kind of you're out of you're basically out of the Big Ten um, championship. Yeah, you're basically out of it. You have three losses, so you're not getting to a Big Ten championship. But if you're Penn State, you have a chance to ruin someone's season. You have a chance to ruin Michigan's season. Because if Michigan gets you two losses, I don't think Michigan has a chance to go to a Big Ten championship. Especially, I don't think they have a chance to go to a college football playoff. So you have a chance to really make an impact and kind of ruin Michigan's chances. That's also You could also say that about MSU. Let's say MSU wins against Maryland. Let's say MSU wins against Ohio State, which would be a dream. I don't think that will happen. I would be shocked if that happens. I think MSU is probably going to be like a 10-point underdog against Ohio State. Even more. There could be much more than that. Could be like a two-score touchdown. I'm not sure. But um, let's say MSU pulls a huge upset like they did in 2015. Still don't know how that happened, but it happened. Let's say that happens. If you're MSU, well, going into that game, depending on what happens between Michigan and Penn State, going into that game against Penn State, you could be like, okay, if we win this game, we're definitely in. If we lose this game, we might be in, but then the whole probably college football playoff would probably be gone with two losses. You still have a lot to play for if you're Penn State. And same for Michigan and MSU. 
Now, this is where I will talk about... I was going to talk about the college football playoff here, but I'll save that for, like, the last um, thing between MSU and Michigan. There's some very good news for MSU earlier today, like, probably, like, half hour before I did this. Um, rumor has it, it's not been confirmed, Mel Tucker will be signing a long-term contract that will make him Ryan Day money. What this means is Mel Tucker will sign with MSU, like I said, for a long-term contract for about $6.7 to $7.8 million per year. If you're MSU fans, you have to be elated about this. Now, the only thing is, this is going to put a ton of pressure on Malataku. If you're making that much money, you're asking for it. You have to hit 9-10. You have to hit double-digit wins every year. Maybe get 9. Maybe 8 can get you away with it, but anything less than that is uh, is not good. And I don't think Mel Tucker will get there. I think Mel Tucker should be about nine to ten wins a year. I think he can. I think with the recruiting, he could get up to eleven, maybe twelve. But if you're MSU fans, you have to be elated. You have to be so excited. I'm really excited. Like I am a huge Mel Tucker fan. I was someone that always thought he was going to stay. This is something that Cole and I kind of talked about last week. Is Tucker going to leave? Is Tucker going to stay? I want to, I kind of argue that he was going to stay. I think Mel Tucker loves Michigan State. I think he has his guy, at Alan Haller. He has his guy. He has a brand new facility coming in next year, and I didn't think that MSU would allow another Nick Saban situation go where they let a really good coach go. And if this is true. I give all the props to the Haller, the AD. He, if this is true, he did more than Beekman ever did. This would be huge for MSU. To keep Tucker, especially after being in a conversation for the LSU job, is a home run. Now, it's not confirmed, but this is just what sources are saying from sources that 97.1 have. Doesn't mean it will be confirmed. It's just rumors right now. But if it is true, if you're MSU fans, you have to be elated. If you're Michigan fans, I have a question. Are you worried? If you're listening to this podcast and you follow my page... Or you know me. I'd love to talk to you about this. Like, are you worried if you're a Michigan fan with Mel Tucker as the head coach? I would think yes, especially after him being 2-0 against you. But I could be wrong. You could fully believe in Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. I have um, a listener that, like, messaged me. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I agree with you that Michigan fans are really frustrated with Jim Harbaugh. And I think you have every right to be frustrated because he hasn't won big games. 
his biggest win this is this year against Wisconsin at Wisconsin. And even at that time, it wasn't a great win. Yes, Wisconsin is turning around, but at that time, Wisconsin had literally zero offense. Wisconsin's offense was like MSU's offense the last, like, two years of D'Antonio, which is not very good at all. But um, they're starting to turn around, so it's looking much better than that time. But if you're a Michigan fan, are you worried if this is true? Are you worried that... Mel Tucker is going to be able to recruit well. Mel Tucker is going to be able to beat you. Mel Tucker, like I said, is 2-0 against the Michigan Wolverines. Now, you can argue that Michigan should have won this year and that Michigan is the better team. This is where it's getting into like the college football playoff discussion because that's exactly what the committee thought. That's why... Michigan was number six, and Michigan was number seven. But one thing I do want to talk about is, then why isn't Ohio State number three, Oregon number four? You cannot argue with me right now that Oregon's a better team than Ohio State. I think Ohio State is a much better team than Oregon right now. I think if Ohio State and Oregon would play this week, I think Ohio State would beat them by 14-plus. But guess what? The committee said head-to-head matters. But does it really matter? Because they showed that head-to-head matters with Oregon, Ohio State. But why doesn't it matter with MSU-Michigan? Now, I know they're going to argue that Michigan's the better team right now. Okay, fair. You can argue that. But Michigan, MSU has similar resumes, just like Ohio State, Oregon does. MSU two weeks ago beat Michigan 37-33. There's absolutely no reason why Michigan should be ahead of them. And you might be listening to this and you're like, okay, like Zach, come on. It's not, it's, there's still weeks ahead. Okay, so then I ask you this question. Let's say Michigan loses to Ohio State, MSU loses to Ohio State, both teams end with the same record. Both teams end with two losses. Ohio State goes to the Big Ten Championship. They win college football playoff Ohio State. Let's say that happens. Who goes to the Rose Bowl? Who deserves to go to the Rose Bowl? I think those are two different answers. I think who goes to the Rose Bowl is Michigan. There's no way the college football playoff and the bowl game send MSU over Michigan. There's absolutely zero, zero. So then you're telling me, you're telling me that head-to-head matchup does not matter, which is completely not true in the eyes of the committee. What the eyes of the committee said, head-to-head matchup matters. But guess what? It only matters if it's with certain teams. This is where I have issues with the committee. Like, I have issues with the NCAA as a whole, but I have issues with the committee. Paul Feinbaum, someone that I don't always agree with what he says, even says that this is probably the number one stupidest thing that the committee has said. That they think Michigan, um, that the reason why they're ahead is because they had a discussion that Michigan was better than MSU, and that's like the more complete team. 
an MSU. Now, again, I'm not arguing that they're not. But what I'm arguing is, then don't say head-to-head matters. Then don't put Oregon in front of Ohio State. If you're talking about a team that is more well-rounded, you cannot argue with me that Ohio State is less well-rounded than Oregon. Ohio State is one of the most well-rounded teams in the country. Even though Ohio State struggled and they lost to Oregon, they're still the favorite in the Big Ten. In a Big Ten East, that is very good. You got Penn State, Michigan, MSU, Iowa Iowa is in the West, but they're going to probably end up playing Iowa or Wisconsin. So you got a committee that only follows certain rules when it fits them the best, which is why I think Alabama's number two. They're not going to put, unless Alabama gets blown out by Georgia, I don't think that they'll put Alabama out of it. I think they'll find a way to put Alabama in the college football playoff. I really do. Now, if you know what I really hope happens? I hope Alabama beats Georgia close. And I hope that that happens because then Alabama and Georgia will go to the playoff. Absolutely guaranteed, in my opinion. Then you got Ohio State. Then you got Oklahoma. Then you got Oregon. Then you got Cincinnati. Let's say Oklahoma wins out. Oklahoma's in. Then you got Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati. Who do you put in? Let's say, who has the best resume? Ohio State. Let's say head-to-head, Oregon. Let's say record, Cincinnati. I really hope this happens because I think this forces the issue with the committee. And no matter what happens, they're going to make people upset. They're going to make fan bases upset. And it's a difference. There's a difference between making the Cincinnati fan base upset and making the Oregon-Ohio State fan base upset. Now, I'm not saying that not a lot of fans cheer for Cincinnati because they do. But if you make an Oregon fan base, or if you, especially if you make an Ohio State fan base, Matt, there's going to be real, real issues. And that's what I hope for. I hope for, honestly, chaos. Because the whole idea of having a four-team playoff is stupid. Four teams is not enough, especially for this year. For this year, you have Georgia at the top level. Then you have Alabama a little below, and then you have every other team. Like, there's the only dominant team is Georgia. That's it. Past years, it's been Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, right? Like, that's been, like, the main three dominant teams. But guess what? Clemson is slowly kind of falling. I think they'll kind of rebound. I think Alabama is kind of falling a little bit. I think Georgia might be, like, the next powerhouse in NCAA f- in football. But I really think this is going to force the college football community to change and expand the playoff and I think it should I think if you want to expand the playoff I think you want 8 to 12 8, eight teams or 12 teams yes there's always going to be those teams that are going to be upset at um, 
not making the um, playoff. But I got a solution. Have five teams, have the five power conference champions get in, and then you have three teams that get in after that. So basically that means, okay, if you win your conference, you're in. And after after that, then whoever's the next three best teams. Now, this is going to force teams like Notre Dame to join a conference, or they're going to have to go undefeated. But I think this is the best way to figure out. I think this makes it possible for teams like Cincinnati to make it a lot more comfortable for them. Because it leaves three spots for them. I don't think you can argue with with anyone. Like right now, let's say that happens. I think, let's say that, okay, let's say that happens. Let's say Georgia wins the SEC, Oklahoma wins the Big 12. Let's say Oregon wins the Pac-12. Let's say... Pitt wins the ACC, and Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Now you have you have Notre Dame, you have Cincinnati, you have MSU, you have Michigan, you have Alabama. You have three spots with those teams. I think you go. I think you go Alabama, Cincinnati, and someone else. Guess what? Fixes some issues. Fixes the issue of the whole idea of a non-Power 5 team not making a college football playoff. Now, I'm not saying a non-Power 5 team can beat a team like Georgia or any other teams. But at least I'm saying give them a chance, right? Now, do I think Cincinnati is a top 4 team? No, I don't. Do I think they would get blown out by Georgia? Absolutely. But do I think they'd get blown out by like an Oklahoma or an Ohio State, or an Oregon, maybe Ohio State, but like an Oregon, or like an Oklahoma, I think Cincinnati would put up a good fight with them. I don't, th- I don't know if they would win. I don't think they would win, but I think they would put up a really good fight with them, which is the reason why the college football playoff should be expanded. So we don't run into these issues of should MSU be ahead of Michigan. I think it just makes sense, which is the reason why it should be expanded. Because it then these whole idea of six versus seven and these whole ideas of like the controversy won't be there anymore. Yeah, so that's really it for the MSU and Michigan coverage of football um there was msu played kansas in basketball this sh- on tuesday yeah and um they ended up losing by 13 points i was decently happy with how msu played i thought aj Hogard looked the best out of everyone which if you had told me that like any time before the game i would have been like no way like, I knew he 
slimmed down. I think he lost like 20 pounds, which is awesome. But what AJ Hargard did was exactly what I thought Walker was going to do. I thought Walker was going to be extremely aggressive, was going to get in the lane, was going to be able to finish at the rim, was going to be able to find guys open. But he really didn't do that. He was he was nervous, which is understandable. I, get, I, I give him slack for that. He came from Northeastern, and his first game was with MSU at Madison Square Garden versus the number three team in the country with all eyes on him. Completely understand that. But A.J. Hogard, 17 points, he led the team with scoring. Like, he looked really, really, really good, man. I think it's definitely a good sign to come. I hope he continues that way. Like, he shot pretty good. Like, he made a three, he made a long two. Like, I was very impressed. Julius Marble also looked really good. I think he had 12 points. Yeah, he looked really good. He, I was impressed. Max Christie... He played all right. He had 10 shots. He made three of them. I think he had like 9 or 11 points, something like that. All those shots were good. Like they looked good. They're good takes. He'll come around. Bingham played really good at the center. The center position, one one of the most worries I had, one of the biggest worries, the center position, Honestly, it was like a big plus for MSU in that game against a really good Kansas team. Well, now, what I am worried about is the four position. Hauser and Hall. They, we need more from them. We need more from Hauser. I think he needs to be more consistent. I think he will. I think it was just a little bit of a rough start. I think he'll come into his own as the year comes on again, hopefully. Um... Gabe Brown was way, was way too excited. Like, I really like Gabe Brown, but he had way too much energy. Like, I love that, but at the same time, like, Gabe, come come down, bud. Like, make some plays. Like, I think he'll get better. I think he'll calm down. I think he'll be fine. Um, Walker, I think he'll be fine. I think we just have to continue to give him time. Now, there's two things I think Izzo needs to fix. One is turnovers. Turnovers has been a huge issue for MSU basketball for many, many years. And I really hope they fix this, and I hope that once they start getting more into a half-call offense, they will start to fix that. Number two is free throws. Again, it's been a big issue for MSU. I hope they fix I think they will. I think this team is going to be better than people believe it's going to be. I think MSU really beat itself. And I think MSU played pretty well against the top three team in the country, a team that you can talk about for national championship later in the year. I think they end up being fine. I think MSU um, will be fine. They play Western Michigan tomorrow. I fully expect Michigan State to win tomorrow. Um, Michigan, they played Buffalo yesterday. They played good. Um, offense was really good. Caleb Houston is insane. Like, he's went off yesterday. He's very, very good. Hunter Dickinson had 27 points. Not surprised. Just very good player. Yeah, Michigan's offense looked really good. They looked basically flawless in the first half. The second half is where Michigan started kind of running into their issues. 
I think Michigan's offense will never be a problem for them. I think they have a bunch of shooters. I think they have a bunch of playmakers. The only thing I think that, at least yesterday, that I looked at, their defense is not great. Now, I know it's the first game. I'm pretty sure that will, be, that will change, but this is definitely not a defense like John Beeline used to have. Usually it was Beeline's defense that really kept them in the games. I think this will be more of a Michigan's offense that will keep them in the games. I think Michigan will be in the top two or three in the Big Ten, and I think MSU probably in the top five. If I have to guess right now, I think MSU Michigan split. It wouldn't the series. It wouldn't surprise me if that happens. It never seems like one team wins like two, and the other team wins zero. At least in the past couple of years. But yeah, Michigan ends up winning by I think ten against Buffalo, a really good Buffalo team, a Buffalo team that is actually favored to win the MAC. So and they've given big teams problems before. So if Michigan won that game and they didn't play very well in this second half, if you're a Michigan fan, you have to be excited. You guys have a very bright future as long as and MSU does too. Quickly going to transition over to D2 real quick. Um, GVSU is currently rated as the number three team in the region. They still have only had one loss to um, Ferris State. And if they continue to win out, they will be in the NCAA tournament. And I fully expect them to make a deep run, just like Ferris, unless they have to play Ferris. Then that will be an incredibly good game, which I hope to go to. Paris, some stays undefeated. They have a really great quarterback. Um, that actually was like the best um lacrosse player I believe last year in the country, but now he's playing quarterback. He's been incredibly good. He's staying undefeated. The number one in the region, number one in the country. Yeah, Ferris is just really good. Um, they've done a coach on Nice has done a really great job. At Ferris, and they just always looks like they reload every year. And Ferris keeps it up. I think they're going to make a very deep run. I think they're a very good chance that they could win a national championship. I think, depending on Grand Valley's draw, and I think they could also make a run for the national championship as well. We have two very good D2 schools that are ranked nationally in the state. So definitely continue to tune in to those. Um, continue to tune into, of course, MSU and Michigan football is, and now basketball. But yeah, so um, it's about fifty one minutes into it. So I'll probably wrap it up in the next couple minutes. But I just kind of want to talk a little bit about um D three, especially hope. Because that's where I went. Um, Hope Volleyball end up winning the MIAA regular season championship. End up falling in five sets, five sets to Kelvin in the tournament and MIAA tournament. So they're so Kelvin's the MIAA um tournament champions. Uh, Hope actually ha- had their first round. Um, they made the NCAA tournament, and Hope actually had their first um round game um earlier today uh, they were playing in Wisconsin and I'm quickly looking up to see how they did 
and they beat Whitworth three sets to one and will be playing Northwestern men um, tomorrow in the second round. Uh, very exciting. Um, Hope is at the top, I think, six or seven team in the country. They're definitely, I believe, going to go really far. I'm really excited. I love watching volleyball. I'm really excited for them to hopefully make a deep run. Uh, the Hope women's soccer made the NCAA tournament. They have their first game, I believe, tomorrow against Ohio Northern. Good luck to them. I'm really excited about them. Hopefully they can get the win. If not, they had a great season. But, yeah, it's just been a very... um. Good season for Hope Sports. Hope Swim and Dive has been doing well this year. Uh, Hope Basketball actually played Western Michigan. They lost by, I think, like 16. And their first game is coming up. Um, Hope Women's Basketball has a 45-game win streak currently going on. And they have their first game tomorrow, which I'm really excited for. They're going to be very good. They are currently ranked number one in the country for preseason going into this season. So, yeah, a lot of very good um, things for Hope. Uh, Hope football ended up actually losing to Albion last week and a heartbreaking loss because of a fumble. So they are um, currently have one loss in the conference, which if they finish that way, they'll finish end up as a tie for a conference championship, but most likely would mean that either... Albion or Tryon would go to the NTA tournament. I don't really know how that works. We'll figure out that later. But yeah, it's just been a good year so far for Hope. It's other schools in the MIAA, like Kelvin, is going to the volleyball um, NTA tournament because they won the MIAA. Um, they're, I think, a little bit above Hope in the rankings. They will probably do very well. Um, Trine, uh, men's soccer, won the MIAA tournament championship, so they're in the NCAA tournament. Um, Kelvin, soccer, men's soccer's in there. I really, I really wish that Hope was. I had quite a few friends on the team. Um, shout out Dom and and Caleb. Um, if you guys listen, I would really, uh, if you guys were listening, that's awesome. Uh, you guys had a great year, and proud of you guys. Um, but yeah, so, and then trying women's soccer, and Kelvin women's soccer made the NCAA tournament as well. So it's been a very good year for Division Three. Uh, continue to support those teams if you do. If, if you haven't, I would definitely go check them out. But yeah, that is it for episode Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you get a chance to rate this, make sure to rate a, a five star and just let me know your opinion on it. Um, any opinion is great, and I'd love for um, some of you guys to be on this episode, to be on this show at some point. So that would be awesome. If you're interested, just let me know. Um, thank you again for tuning in, and have a great rest of your night.